everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Cup of Zoe. I am in a really good mood right now, so I thought I'd capture it and record for this month. I have a lot of ideas for this episode. They're all over the place. We'll see how it turns out and what what ends up being the episode. Before I get into the questions, I thought I'd do a little update on my life because I haven't done that in the past few episodes. Right now, I'm living at home. I'm home from college. It's my first summer after college. And to be honest, it's been kind of hard. It's it's really strange. Oh my gosh, butterfly. Sorry, that was the most ADHD moment ever, but that was a really pretty butterfly. Um, it's been a hard transition to go from really living on my own and being surrounded by people my age all the time, having a bunch of new friends, to being home where I only have three or four friends and they all work and I have to like plan things to hang out with people, whereas at school I can just knock on my friends' doors or just send them a quick text and then we can just walk over to each other's dorms and yeah, it's it's hard to be home and I just, I'm living in this room that I've lived in since I was five (laughs) and obviously there's so much so many memories attached to this room and so many things that have happened in this room. I grew up in this room. I have cried a lot in this room. And I just feel like the energy in it is kind of, kind of sad and very, I don't know. It's, it's just a weird energy, but I am trying to turn it around. I'm trying to be much more positive and trying to take care of myself, trying to work out. I, bought some new crystals and I've been doing that but to, there's just something so hard about starting to take care of yourself because I don't know if you guys have seen uh what is it called big mouth and one of the characters in the later seasons gets depression and they they show depression as like this cat like this big big cat that just like cuddles up next to the girl and I think I might probably be a little bit depressed because that's what it feels like. I'll be in bed and there's just like this huge weight on me that I would have to take off to get out of bed and not scroll through TikTok and work out and meditate and do all the things that I know make me feel better. But I have to want to, to make it happen. And it's just a shitty cycle. So I'm trying to break out of it. That's the main update. I love looking forward to things. This is like, I don't know how, this this isn't that off track. I love looking forward to things and COVID made it really, really hard to look forward to things because there was nothing to look forward to. Everything was in question. So that was a really hard time. But now all of a sudden I get to plan all these trips and it's so exciting, but it's also like, how the hell do I plan trips? I have not had to do this before. It's all been planned for me. Um, But to make myself feel better, I've been trying to travel as much as possible. So I went to Washington for a week and then I went to California for a week and a half. I'm about to buy tickets today for um, visiting Fiona. You guys know her. She's been on two episodes. Um, And then I might go to Lollapalooza for a day, which is really exciting. And then I'm going back to Seattle. And then, oh my god, in like three days I'm going to Hawaii. So I have so much to look forward to. Oh, and then I'm going to California again because my cousin goes to school near LA and my grandpa just got him a car. <laughs> um, and it's here right now, so I get to drive it for a couple months. I finally have a car. But my cousin needs the car, so he's going to fly here 
and then we're going to road trip down to school with him because I have nothing better to do in early August. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of things to look forward to and I think I'm finally turning around and I have so many things to plan for and be excited for and it's just a matter of being mentally prepared and happy for them. So that's the update. I hope, I hope me being vulnerable has made some of you feel seen because it's hard to it's hard to admit that, like, even during the summer, it's hard. During the winter when I'm sad, I'm like, ah, seasonal depression sucks so much. And then it's summertime, and suddenly I have all this vitamin D in my system, and yet I'm still sad a lot. So, you know, I shouldn't ignore that, and I should take care of myself. Yeah. Okay, that's the update, my, my six-minute-long update. Let's get into the questions. First question, it's more of like a story question. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how to act in social situations anymore. I don't know if it's COVID or if it's me, but my therapist claims it's COVID. I just act weird and people don't like me in social settings and then my social anxiety flies off the wall. Any suggestions? I always just regret saying something or feel like I'm weird or nobody likes me. Oh my God. I love this question. I think it's totally relatable and thank you so much for being vulnerable. I, I can totally relate to this. I loved being social before COVID, and I think it kind of brought out my introversion that I didn't really know I had, and I have done a lot of introspection and realized that a lot of my being social was actually just wanting to be liked by other people, and I actually do really like being by myself sometimes, um, I think the trick there is I want it to be a choice to be alone. I, I like having all the options to hang out with people, but then choose not to. But when I'm not invited to things or long story short, I understand this a lot. Um, I was at the market with my grandma the other week or the other day and she wanted to get veggies. So I, I meandered off and got a chai by myself and all that. And then all of a sudden I just got this wave of anxiety. And I was like, this sucks. What is happening? And I just was so nervous that people were perceiving me or judging me. And it's a really weird thought to just be anxious around people. And I think it is a lot of COVID, but it's also, I think it may be bringing to light what we had to push down before COVID. I think it's important to recognize that maybe it's because of COVID that we recognize it, but maybe we had it before COVID and just didn't really do anything about it because we didn't know what it would look like if we weren't in social settings for a while. So I don't know if that's, I guess you need advice. <laughs> Let me think of advice. So my suggestions would be getting really in tune with yourself about what social settings you feel anxious in and what social settings you don't, because I think it is, I think there's a line where it's okay to be anxious in a certain social setting, because if you're, sometimes it might just be that you shouldn't be in that social setting and that those people aren't making you comfortable, and that's not on you being socially anxious, that's just maybe not there being like a matchup with with the people that you are around, but if it's around people that you love a lot and you shouldn't feel anxious around and that are trying to make you comfortable and do love you, 
I think just putting yourself in that situation more to get more used to it might be useful as long as it's not really detrimental to your mental health. You know, we were really socialized before COVID and we were around people all the time and so we got used to it. So I think finding a happy balance between hanging out with people as much as you can to get used to it again, but then also making sure that they're still quality people and you aren't just hanging out with people just to be around people. That was a slight rant and I hope you take something out of it, but if not, send in another advice thing and I can, I can respond to it again in the next episode. Okay, next question. Help, my coworker, who I work almost every shift with, coincidentally, asked me out the other night and I told him I have a boyfriend after dropping many, many hints earlier. He continues to subtly flirt and try to make moves on me at work despite knowing my situation and me making it clear I am very uninterested. Do I address him about it or just ignore? Um, (laughs) this makes me really angry because it's something that I've been thinking about a lot and that's just some men feeling really entitled to women's attention and not taking any hints and just being shitty people. And I think, I don't know exactly what you should do because I think it depends a lot on the work environment because maybe, I don't know where you work or what it looks like, but I think it might be good depending on how like scary and violent he is or just if you feel uncomfortable doing it yourself. If you report it to HR or your manager or something and they might be able to take it seriously and talk to him directly so you don't have to put yourself in that position or if you two are friends and you and you feel comfortable talking to him yourself then it might be useful for you to be like dude like please lay off I really feel uncomfortable with you hitting on me I have a boyfriend, but even if I didn't, I want you to respect my my choice in not wanting to go out with you. That's very direct. I don't know how direct you want to be, but I think you could sketch out a couple a couple scripts of what you could say to him if you want to talk to him directly. If you don't, I think it'd be really good to go through your boss or manager or something. Because that's a really shitty situation to be in. I'm really sorry that you're going through that your work should just be your place of work. It shouldn't be your place of being harassed by your coworker. That's awful. I'm really sorry about that. Ugh, I hate, hate the patriarchy. God damn it. Okay, now that I let that out, we can go to the next question. Will you talk about manifestations and your future? And I'm interested in knowing what your career and life goals are. LOL. I would love to talk about this. This might be a long answer, but that's fine. So recently, I think that this this may be a person that followed me because of a TikTok I posted that went a little viral about this new manifestation that I've been saying, and that is my beauty is the least interesting thing about me. I posted a TikTok talking about that manifestation and how it's really helped me with my self-image. And I mean, it's hard to talk about this without sounding insanely fucking privileged, but I've been traditionally pretty my whole life. Like, I I match the beauty standards just out of sheer fucking luck. I look like how society wants me to in a lot of ways. And that's come with a lot of privilege. Like, I'm never disrespected by 
people I, I'm smiled at in public. I There's a lot of great things that come out of it. But at the same time, in a lot of settings, I'm only seen for the way I look and my intelligence and my curiosity for learning, my intellectual... In- <laughs> intellect. <laughs> the irony of messing up that word is pretty, pretty strong. Um, my humor, like there's a lot of great things about me other than how pretty I am. And that's a really annoying thing to say in some respect to just say, oh my god, people only see me as pretty. I sound like Madison Beer. You know, there's pros and cons to it. Manifestations. That's what the question was about. (laughs) One of my manifestations that I use a lot is that the, is that my beauty is the least interesting thing about me. And I think it's, it's manifested in that since so many situations have told me that my beauty is the most interesting thing about me and that people only see me for that. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk to boys and then once they learn my personality, they're like, oh, you're a lot. Never mind. They thought I was just like a, I don't know, a dumb blonde or something. Um, but that kind of, you internalize that sort of feedback from society and from boys and all that. And so to consciously decide, no, my beauty's not that interesting. Like, it's there, but it shouldn't be the first thing people notice, and it shouldn't be the thing that people grasp onto. But for people to recognize that, I need to recognize it too. So that's been pretty life-changing, quite frankly. I, I feel a lot better about all the other aspects of myself because of using that manifestation. So that's my big one. I'm really not good at saying other ones, and I think my life would be better if I did. But there's a lot of good ones on TikTok if you just, like, look it up. There's just some great ones. I'm not very good at, like, traditional manifestation. I don't wake up and, like, write it down or anything. I try to focus a lot on my mindset because I think that's another form of manifestation of just shifting your mindset into thinking about the good things in life. And one of those is having abundance mindset, I think it's called. And something that really helped with that is the Anthropocene Reviewed book by John Green. Oh my god, that book is amazing. When I was driving back from Washington, I re- I listened to a lot of it on, on Audible, and it's John Green reading it, and it's just like a long-ass podcast, basically. But he's just a genius. Like, the way his mind works feels like, I don't know, it, it was like a spiritual experience just to listen to the book. And it's not spiritual at all. It's really just about life. And he, what he does is he rates things in his life out of five stars, but he does it in a really poetic way, as John Green does. But I was listening to that podcast, and it just made me think about things in a different light. And it it really helped with my, with my goal to have a more abundance mindset. So, I hope that answers your questions about manifestations. My future and my goals for the future. <laughs> I have a lot of them. My my main one for the past year has been not only to go to medical school and become a doctor, but to do that abroad and to focus on international medicine. I'm looking at a few med schools. One of them is two years in Brisbane. Like, that's the that's a medical school part. And then the other two years are in New Orleans and that's the clinical part. 
and that sounds amazing. I really, I love Australia. I love New Zealand. I'd love to be there besides the heat, but that's something I'd have to deal with. Um, yeah, I, I don't see myself living in the U.S. the rest of my life. I, I don't want to just run away from it because I know that's not helpful. And I know that it's important for me to work hard to make this country what I want it to be. But I also just, it feels suffocating to be here a lot of the time. I don't want to raise my kids in a country where if they're women, their reproductive health is at risk all the time. And I don't want to raise my kids in a country where they could get shot at school. Like, I just, if I'm already, if I'm thinking about having kids in a world that's, oh my god, sorry, this is getting grim really quickly. It'll be over soon, and then it'll be good things about the future, but... If I'm raising my kids in a world with climate change where they are going to have a really rough life with climate change in the future, I at least don't want them to grow up in the United States. <laughs> I That may be a very controversial thing to say, and I'm sorry if it pisses anyone off, but that's just my opinion. You don't have to listen or you don't have to make the same decision as me, but that's just how I feel. Um, so main goal is to live abroad at least for a good portion of my life. Become a doctor. I just, there's really no other profession other than medicine that I can see myself doing. Maybe it'll be research in medicine or some other form, like just not traditional medical stuff, but that's what I see myself doing. So that's what I'm going to do. I like to speak about it as if there's no other option because... (laughs) Of course I can change paths. That's totally fine. If I find something that I didn't know existed and I'm like, oh my god, this is perfect for me, then I'll do that. But I really want to be a doctor. That's all I can see myself doing. So that's what I'm going to do. But other than my profession, um, I don't have much much planned. I'd, I'd like to marry someone. I, you know, I'd like to get married in Italy to a very handsome fella, but I, I'd like to prioritize my, my career because I think that that'll bring me much joy, not in like a capitalistic way, but just because I want to help people and I want to prioritize that before I prioritize doing the traditional thing of getting married and having kids. (laughs) I know my grandma's going to listen to this and send me a text about it, but that's that. Okay, how did you decide what to do in school slash after school? This is sort of a question like the first one, but more specific? I don't know. How did I decide what to do in school? I don't really... I kind of just felt like that was what I was going to do. I'm majoring in biology, doing all the pre-med stuff. I just felt like that's... Anytime I take a science class, anytime I do any of that type of stuff, any STEM stuff, it's just... It clicks way more especially not chemistry at all. Chemistry does not click for me, but I, that's just the way my mind works. I see things really scientifically other than crystals. (laughs) And yeah, there wasn't much of a question about it, I guess, which is very nice. I haven't thought too much about, I haven't had too many existential crises about what I'm going to do because I've just sort of felt like I knew. It's probably not too much of a coincidence, but both my parents majored in biology. My sister didn't, but my dad is a biology teacher and my mom is a pediatrician. I mean, maybe it's in my genetics that I love science. I don't know. It just, it kind of just worked out in my brain. 
and that's what I want to do and that's what I'm good at. I love... I, there's also just this sense, whenever I see anything on TikTok that's like pseudoscience-y bullshit, wow, I'm very opinionated today. I'm sorry if I <laughs> push anyone away from this. There's just a lot of miseducation about science in the mainstream discourse, and one of my main goals is to just know everything about it and be able to be like, that's wrong because. Like, I can watch something and tell that it's probably not right, but I want to know why it's not right and I want to know maybe this podcast in the long run will turn into like debunking things because I there's just you know how we can't expect people to understand things without a science background and that's fine. There's just this trend and it's it's always been there but it's gotten worse because of COVID of just mistrusting scientists and thinking that they get paid a lot of money to fake data or something and I just that's bullshit because I, that's just not, I think people are good and especially scientists, like why, why would they want to fake data? I'm going, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going on a rampage. I just want to be able to know what the fuck I'm talking about and helping people. <laughs> I want to, I want to have a profession and have a skill set where if there's like a tsunami somewhere and I feel super inclined to, I can go and help. Like, I want to have a skill set where I can really, really help people in need if if I feel so inclined. That, and I just want to know everything about everything in, in the area that I'm interested in, and I want to know about medicine and science. Long story short, that's what I want. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> Sometimes I forget about how passionate I am about it, and then I talk about it, and I'm like, okay, I am passionate about this. Because it's it's easy to just, like, tell myself that I'm only doing it for just because I think I should. And then when I start thinking about it, I'm like, wait, no, I really, I really, really want to do this. Next question. <laughs> Who had it worse, Betty or August? For those that are not Swifties... For all those lamos out there that aren't Swifties, Betty and August are two characters in this fictional world that Taylor Swift made up for her albums, Folklore and Evermore. And um, Betty is that there's this one. It's like a love triangle, and James is this man that is dating Betty and then Betty and James break up for a summer and he sees August and then August realizes like she falls deeply in love with this man and thinks that it's going to be a forever thing and then he breaks up with her at the end of the summer and gets back with Betty. And according to the folklore Long Pond studio sessions, Taylor Swift says that James and Betty end up together. Um, and the song called happiness wait no oh my god sorry i'm it's been a while since i've thought about this so i need to refresh myself what is the song oh cardigan <laughs> i can't believe i almost forgot that cardigan is betty's perspective about james where they break up and it's like from the future where where they end up together but she's reflecting on their tumultuous past and then august or Augustine has the song August and that's the one where it's like meet me behind the mall and they have just this beautiful summer romance. Who had it worse? I don't know. I've 
oof, this is so hard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go from it from my perspective of, like, how I would feel in those situations. I've definitely been in August's position, Augustine's position, because I've, I've talked to people, and I've really liked them, and then they've ended things with me to get with this person that they want to be with, and, like, fully date, and I was, like, this person that they talk to in secret, and then, then they want to date the next person, and that's, like, such a shitty feeling. Like, that sticks with you, and you are nervous of that, with every person that you talk to next. So, that sucks. Betty, she, you know, she is with this person who made her feel a lot of pain. And that sucks, too, to get the guy and hopefully have this good relationship with him in the long end, or in the long run, but have to go through a lot to get there. But I think Augustine has it worse because... Like, she didn't get that much out of it except a lesson. Betty got lessons out of it, and she got the happily ever after. And maybe Augustine got the happily ever after, too. Um, just obviously not with James. <sighs> this is hard. But, I mean, at the state I'm in, where I've, you know, dated a lot of people, gone on dates, the leftover, like, hurt from talking to someone where it never was official, but you really liked them but you can't even really call them your ex because they they hurt you, but you weren't officially dating. Like, there's enough frustration and complication in that that I think it's worse than Betty's situation. That's my opinion. I hope you agree, because I'm right. <laughs> Swifties, I love you. Thank you for asking this. Oh my god, another, <laughs> another song. song. <laughs> this is how I know I totally have listeners from TikTok, because all, all my TikToks are either about, like, there's a lot about Taylor Swift. Anyway, fave Swift song off every album. I should have had this answer prepared because this is going to take a while. I'll have to edit this one very highly. <laughs> okay. Let's go to Taylor Swift's entire discography. I don't know. Oh, I'm having a cramp. Help. So off the Taylor Swift album, Easy Peasy, Picture to Burn is my favorite. One of the boys I dated in high school never let me drive his motherfucking truck and I really wanted to and he never let me because I would run over curbs sometimes but like if I were to run over a curb in his truck it wouldn't do anything to it and he crashed it so anyway then afterward I talked to this other guy with the truck and the first time we hung out I got to drive it and I was like fuck you blank who didn't let me drive the truck and so that I could finally relate to Picture to Burn. So that's my favorite song off of the first Taylor Swift album. I'm skipping the Christmas album. Fearless. Oh my god. This one's hard because this was like the only album I would listen to until my most recent breakup. That's when I got really into Folklore and Evermore. I was a little bit behind on that. But Fearless is just like my childhood. Like I love Fearless. I think it's between 15 and... I think it's 15. I love The Best Day. I would sing it about my dad, which is really fun because it's about her mom. You Belong With Me was like my childhood favorite song ever. Love story I performed with my sister all the time. But 15 is like... I have this great memory of singing 15 with my best friend from high school, Britta, on the first day of senior year. We we listened to Taylor Swift and Hannah Montana songs in her car, or my car, one of our cars. 
and just we bawled. We bawled to these songs that we grew up listening to, grew up singing, and then suddenly I related to these songs, like, on a really deep level. So it was really sweet. That was wonderful. So 15 is my favorite off of Fearless. Speak Now. I got to see the Speak Now tour, which was amazing. I loved Mean because I would sing it about my sister when she was really mean to me during that time. <laughs> Better Than Revenge is like the best misogynistic song in the world. I love Dear John. That Dear John, I think it might be my favorite right now because it's just so fun to belt and it's so long and it just, it's beautifully bitchy. I love it. So that's my favorite from the, okay, Red. Okay, Red, All Too Well. I don't even need to think about that. All Too Well is like the most relatable song for me right now. There's so many aspects of the lyrics in it where I'm like, that literally happened. How is this so relatable? And that's a belting song and I love it. Okay, next is 1989. This was such... 1989 was my first ever record. Like my first ever record vinyl, whatever, when I got my first record player. So this is a special album to me. And my favorite song on it... Oh, geez. I don't know. A lot of this is just, like, not my style anymore, but I like style. Style is probably my favorite. Okay, Reputation. I never got super into Reputation because I never hated her ever because of the Kanye stuff, but this just wasn't my vibe totally, so. But I like Delicate. No, eh. I like Dress. Okay, I, I had to listen to some of the songs to remind myself which one I liked. And it's either New Year's Day New Year's Day or Getaway Car on Reputation. <laughs> so that's that. Next album. <laughs> I'm so sorry to anyone who's not a Swifty. You can just skip through this part. Next one is Lover. I think Paper Rings. That's an easy one. I love that song. It's so sweet. Okay, Folklore the One. Easy peasy. The one is, like, one of the most relatable songs ever in my life. Okay, the hardest, this is gonna be the hardest, is Evermore, because <laughs> holy shit, I love this album. I think on Evermore, it's Happiness, probably. Okay, that wasn't that hard. Or Tolerate It. But I think Happiness, because I relate to that song a lot. So, oh, you know what? For Fearless, I really like, I really like Mr. Perfectly Fine, but that's... Taylor's version. So, Fearless Taylor's version, Mr. Perfectly Fine. Enough about the Swiftiness. I'm so sorry to anyone who doesn't, but Swifties, I hope you enjoyed that little intermission of Swifties. Okay, next question. What birth control methods have you used? <laughs> totally different question. Um, I have used the pill and, and, I, and I have an IUD. And the IUD I have is Kylina. And the pill was awful for me. I hated it. I didn't take it for birth control at all. I, I got anemic my freshman year. And so I did it to have lighter periods. But it just made me so grumpy. And I bled every day. So that was lame. I, I didn't like the pill. The IUD is, is... I talked about my IUD experience in the last episode. So if you'd like to listen to that, it's in episode 8. But... I have a five-year one, and I think I'm going to get the bigger five-year one next time. Or the copper. I have a funny thought about copper IUDs. <laughs> so, I was listening to this sex podcast, because recently I've been thinking about, or I, I've been reading and listening to more podcasts about, like, spiritual sexuality, which is really, 
it's like this niche thing that I didn't even know existed. So I've been, I've been interested in, in it lately. And this woman was talking about how she doesn't recommend hormonal birth control, which is a really common thing in the spiritual community sometimes is they, it's, it really bugs me, but there's a lot of like anti-science and just like refusing to put anything new or different into your body other than like natural ingredients. Um, despite there being millions of tests about it and there's just a big mistrust of medicine. So, but my, (laughs) I came up with this counter argument for not using birth control if you're spiritual. So the copper IUD is copper, which is a crystal, which is (laughs) great. If like, if you believe in crystals, then you know about copper's properties. Like it's, it's protective. It's good for energy and good for health. And so if you don't want hormonal birth control, then get the copper IUD because not only will you have a crystal inside your body that will cure you, (laughs) you will also not get pregnant for 10 years. So I don't know if there's anyone listening that doesn't believe in hormonal birth control, but that is a great alternative in my opinion. Okay, next question if you could do one thing in your life, what would it be? One thing in my life? I think I just want to be, like, really consistently happy with my life, no matter what the circumstances in my life are. I don't know if that's an answer to your question, but I just have these spurts where I feel like I was given an immense amount of privilege in my life, and yet sometimes I feel like I'm wasting it with being sad, or, like, I'm just not using it correctly. And I think I'd really like to just have a mindset where I love life, I'm happy most of the time, and I don't feel like I'm wasting any time. So if I could have one thing in my life would be a really, really tough, amazing mindset and amazing mentality about how wonderful life is, and I would just be happy. That would be the one thing I'd like in life. (laughs) Um, Not that I'm, like, extremely unhappy all the time, but, you know, when you're sad, it just feels like you look back on your life and it's always been sad. I don't know. That's grim. There's been a lot of grim elements and I I think I warned you about that at the beginning, but I'm sorry. (laughs) Next question. What is your favorite holiday? I don't know because recently like Christmas just hasn't been hitting the same. I don't really celebrate many holidays. Like I don't really celebrate 4th of July don't really celebrate like St. Patrick's Day or Easter. I'm not, I'm not religious. (laughs) And my birthday was like kind of lame this year. I forgot about, I forgot it was my birthday most of the day because I was backpacking. It was my birthday holiday and I just assumed that my birthday was a holiday. Oh my gosh, this is sort of sad that I can't think of my favorite holiday. I mean, the one I put the most effort into is Christmas. I don't know. I'm a big believer in not needing a holiday to celebrate life. (laughs) I might just be pulling that out of my ass to not answer this question. I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to celebrate holidays more. I think it's good to make an excuse to celebrate whenever you can. So I don't have a favorite one. I think all of them are equally important and it's important to celebrate. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next question. How do you think you'll look at the pandemic slash quarantine as a chapter of your life in the future? This was a really good question because I, I haven't thought about it that much. Like I haven't thought about the effects of this pandemic in the long run because I've just been so focused on 
you know, the pandemic itself as it currently is, and then just the future of making plans to travel and get and do all this school stuff. So what do I think? How do I think I'll look at it? I think for a lot of people, the pandemic kind of paused their life and nothing happened for a really long time. Like there, I saw this graph, not graph, like a diagram where it's a timeline and it's time, 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 months after months. And then March 2020 happens and then it's a loop. (laughs) And then March 2021 happens. Like that whole year just like didn't happen. But for me, like within that loop, I started and technically ended the most serious relationship I've ever been in. I went to college for the first time. I graduated high school. I turned 18. Like all of this really monumental stuff happened to me. And so it doesn't feel like nothing happened during that time. It went by really, like the time was warped for sure. But a lot of crazy important stuff happened. And so I think that I'll probably look at it as a lesson in a lot of ways of you can't rely on anything. You can you can plan and you should plan for the future. You shouldn't just think that nothing's going to happen. I don't know. I think it really shifted my perspective on life in general and the meaning of life and what I should do with my time just in terms of like I I became really spiritual and I think a lot of people did have a spiritual awakening during the pandemic and I haven't fully grasped the effects of it. And I think that that'll be a long time. Like, I I think it'll take a while to fully grasp it because a lot, like, it shifted our lives for a really long time and it will in the future too. And obviously we don't know completely how. Gosh. I think one of the main things I learned though is that a whole ass pandemic can happen. The world can literally stop, but your life will keep on going. Like, you are still waking up and going to sleep and eating and exercising and having relationships with people. So it kind of put into perspective that no matter what shit is going on in the world, you can't stop living your life and you can't stop trying to make something of it because that's just not, like, I realized that's not how it works. We weren't in control for a while. I'm going to pause recording because I'm not home alone anymore And I will come back to this question with even more thoughts. (laughs) Hello, I'm back. I just had a slight intermission that was an hour and a half long, but it was exciting. I bought tickets for um, Chicago and I decided to go to one of the days of a music festival in Chicago called Lollapalooza. And I'm going to see Miley Cyrus live and so many other people. So I'm, I'm on a high right now. I'm really excited. But... I wanted to get back to the question that I was just talking about, about how quarantine and the pandemic might, how I might look at them in the future. I think that I do this weird thing where I don't, this may be totally normal, I don't really process stuff until way after. Well, okay. (laughs) I kind of, whenever something really hard happens to me, it either hits me right away, it's super hard. And then it's over with after a little while. Or I don't think about it for a really long time. And then I think about it and get sad. Or I just never think about it. Like, I have had... When I when I think about the most traumatic things, or things that would be the most traumatic things in my life, they didn't fully affect me. 
for example, my a couple of years ago, my mom almost died from a surgery complication. And I think I went into like a fight or flight moment and I just, it didn't affect me. Obviously, I was really, really sad and really worried, but it wasn't like I was debilitated by it at all, which is really strange. But I think it's sort of similar to how I reacted to the pandemic now. It was really hard in the beginning, and I definitely cried about it and cried about the uncertainties of it. But when I think about its effects long term, I think I'll just keep going with the flow, because if it taught me anything, it taught me that nothing's predictable again, and like the best thing I can do is just use what I have and take advantage of everything that I have and go from there. So those are just some thoughts. I'd love people to let me know what they think about that if you're listening and you have a bunch of thoughts about it. Okay, the last question is, do you like living in Oregon slash West Coast? I'm trying to decide where in the U.S. to go on exchange. That's so exciting. Um, It's between UC Berkeley, Santa Barbara, UT Austin, and Penn State. I'm curious why it's between those four places because I... I guess you want a big school, I'm guessing. Um, I'm really biased and I love small schools, but I just spent a lot of time around Berkeley and I don't have a lot, like I don't have too much information on it I or Santa Barbara, but in terms of West Coast, I think the West Coast is the best coast, especially the climate where Berkeley is and like Oh my gosh, that's just such a cool spot. I didn't realize until I was there that all of these major cities in Northern California are all like 15 to an hour away from each other. Like San Francisco is so close to Berkeley and so close to um, Santa Cruz and like all these places that I've heard about are so close to each other. So I think that that's a really, really cool place to be, especially if you have access to friends with cars and stuff, and you can see a lot from there. Um, and I don't even know, I, I know a couple people in Austin, Texas, and I've heard it's a great place. I don't know about going to school there, obviously. Um, Austin is, I think, probably the best city in Texas, from what I've heard, but you'd still be in Texas, and I don't think being a woman in Texas is the best idea. And then Penn State, I have a lot of family in Pennsylvania. I don't know where Penn State is, though. But I spent a lot of time on the East Coast. And I'd say the weather there is kind of (laughs) shitty. Like, you get really intense seasons. A lot of snow. And then, like, the summer's super muggy. Um, So, I say West Coast is the best coast. And you should definitely go to Berkeley. Um, Santa Barbara, I don't know at all. But it's still California. I think it's just way hotter there. So, it depends on what kind of climate you want. My advice is to watch YouTube videos of students that go there because those are all big schools and I'm sure there's a lot of people that have made YouTube channels to vlog there. So do that and um, I wish I knew people to reference you to to talk to them about their thing but you can I think you can ask for contacts of people that go there. There's a lot you can do to um, ask questions about those places and videos you can watch. Well, B just hit my window. (laughs) Okay, that is the last of the questions, and I think I'm going to end it here. This was totally a blabbery episode, but I really, I was fiending for one of these episodes. I just wanted to talk into a microphone and 
talk about life and answer questions and oh, I just have had so many thoughts on my mind recently um, and I wanted to get them off my chest and I'm so glad that I have this outlet and I'm so glad people listen to it and yeah, I, I enjoyed today's episode. Today was a great day. <laughs> I'm so excited for my travels and I feel a lot better. I actually... I think that one of the reasons I feel better is because I cleansed my room, um, not with sage, but with lavender. I don't know if that, I mean, I think it works with any herb and I didn't want to buy sage because I heard that there might be some unethical things about that. Even not, even if there's not, I have lavender in my garden. So I just dried out some lavender and then cleansed it. And that energy I was talking about that just felt weird about being in my room, I think it's evaporating. <laughs> I think I got rid of it. I think I'm, I think I'm restarting my, my at home experience. <laughs> so yeah, the rest of the day, I'm going to go thrifting with my hometown BFF. Um, I'm going to buy tickets for Lollapalooza, think about outfits, have dinner with my grandma and my mom. Yeah. It's my, my mentality has shifted in the last few days and I'm really looking forward to taking care of myself more. And I hope that me talking through my experience about that will inspire you to do the same because it, it takes a lot to turn yourself around sometimes. So I have empathy for you if that's happening. I hope if I answered your question or gave you advice, I hope I did a good job with that. If not, feel free to DM me and, and we can have a longer conversation about it. <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks for listening to A Cup of Zoe. Please remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell all your friends about the podcast and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.